Soon after the gunfire, Las Vegas started, a woman saw her best friend fall to the ground, shot in her left shoulder. She tore off the festival shirt that she had bought the day before and pressed it against her friend's wound. Seconds later, she was shot in the left knee and it was bleeding profusely. Bullets continued to fly and she was terrified. Another woman at the festival with her husband on their 23rd anniversary. She felt a bullet whiz by her arm, this puff of air. And she turned to her husband and said, those aren't fireworks. And he told her to get down. He covered her body with his body. And second later, he went limp and became non-responsive. And he would later die. But he saved her life. Another man held on to his wife's back and protected her with his own body, only to be shot in the back and later die. He saved his wife's life. Everyone was helping each other to get out of the venue and to safety and to the wounded to medical care. And there was one woman who gave up her wheelchair to a victim of the shooting so that that person could get to safety and to one of the local hospitals. And we've seen these stories and others all week on the news. These people are the ones that acted spontaneously out of compassion for each other in the midst of utter chaos, panic, and terror. So I can imagine the scene being one like out of a war movie. Only the actors were real people and with real lives and real stories. When something like this happens, we and lots of people say, where is God in all this? If God is all good and all powerful, why wouldn't God stop this violence? Sometimes people who cannot see God in incidents like this are ready to reject God altogether. My friend's son was killed in an accident and his wife was pregnant in her ninth month with twins. And... At the funeral, I can remember Ken saying that he was through with a God that would do something like this to his family. So why doesn't God keep people from having to suffer these tragedies? Where was God last Sunday night? When the shots began raining down from the 32nd floor, I believe that God was right there on the killing field. God was there in the concert goers who put themselves in danger to save others and even sacrifice their lives. God was there in the first responders who ran towards the flying bullets to, into harm's way to help others. 
And God was there in the devastating grief of those who knelt over their bleeding and dying friends. And, you know, maybe we ourselves ask us, as we are having our own problem of seeing God in these times of violence, is where's the proof? Where's the proof? I think if we look inside of today's gospel, that we will find some way to see the proof. So traditionally, we use the allegory that the landowner in the gospel is God, or represents God. In this case, he is frustrated with the tenants who reject, beat, and even kill the slaves the landowner sends to collect what is due the landowner. So what does he do? He sends his son. And he expects the tenants will respect him. He has no guarantee that that's the way it's going to be with these evil tenants. Will they respect his son? Or they will they kill them just as they did the slaves? However, God is willing to send his only son into the killing field. God became truly human and vulnerable to show us what real compassion and love are like. We have a God who knows what it is to suffer. We have a God who knows what it is to lose a son. God did not shield his only son from an innocent death. Out of love for us, God is with us in the suffering because God is with us in our humanity. This is what Incarnation means. Emmanuel, God with us in all our humanity, the good and the bad. To be human is to suffer. And to be human is to attempt to make some sense out of the suffering. We take comfort in the fact that God is with us in all our suffering. Not sitting off in a cloud somewhere, unaffected by human affairs. <clears throat> when the bullets were flying on the strip in Las Vegas, God was there in the people running and hiding. God was there in the people who shielded others with their own bodies. God was there in the first responders who ran towards the flying bullets. God was there in the dead and dying that lay bleeding in the street. One of God's specialties is to create life out of death. Jesus looked up to God and prayed that he would raise Lazarus from the dead. And God raised Jesus from the dead. In the, street, in the streets of Las Vegas, 
God showed that in the depths of tragedy there is life. In the caring, the compassion, and the love we human beings have for each other. Especially in the midst of such a tragedy as occurred last Sunday night. Horrendous violence happens so often now. All around the world and in our own country. And we have to deal not only with foreign terrorists, but with our own homegrown terrorists. Because random killing of innocent people is terrorism and is terrorizing. Bishop Mary in her weekly email talks about the cognitive dissidence that exists in our country. Cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort experienced by a person who simultaneously holds two or more contradictory beliefs, ideas, or values. In this country, we hold a particular view of who we are as a nation. We are a peace-loving democracy. We are the greatest nation on earth. And we also acknowledge the extreme violence we tolerate in our daily lives, both here and the violence done in our country's name across the world. Violence in action that harms and kills so many. Domestic violence in the homes which does not have any economic barriers. Violence associated with addiction, which also does not have any economic barriers. And violence in our language and in our entertainment. This creates a cognitive dissonance in us all. How quickly we rationalize this discomfort so that we can be again relax into our particular view of who we are as a nation. That great country, that peaceful democracy. So I want you to take that thought home with you this week and I want you to think about it. Think about how we resolve this cognitive dissonance, this dissonance of who we think we are as a country and who we really are. Who our ideals are and what the reality is. The reality of violence and our desire to be a peaceful entity in the world. I pray that we move quickly to the ideal of who we are as a country and away from the reality of the violence that infects our great nation. And I want to leave you with the prayer that my stepdaughter, who will be ordained to the priesthood on Wednesday, wrote for a prayer service. She and her compatriot in the church held last week. Holy One, do not distance yourself from the pain of your people. 
But in Jesus you bear that pain with us. And bless all those who suffer violence. Every life before you is named and precious. Each body a temple of your spirit. Restore those who lie in great weakness. Heal the injured. Bind up the distressed. Comfort the sorrowful. And receive the dead and dying into your eternal wholeness and peace. Amen.